You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and thanks for joining me, Sharon Noonan, for this week's Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. As promised last week, Rachel Keeley returns this week with a restaurant review. I will be talking to another great Taste Award winner. Time permitting, there's some footage from the Dois Summer Festival and Barbecue and Chef Tom Flavin from the Limerick Strand Hotel will be here to talk about his acting career and what's happening food-wise during the West Fest in Newcastle West. A reminder as to how to get in touch with the best possible taste, you can send me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org, short for organisation. Last month, restaurant reviewer Rachel Keeley was singing the praises of restaurant 1826 Adair. This month, she's recommending that we go a bit further, so let's find out where she has been dining. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Rachel, we're going to look at a, a lovely place in Dingle in County Kerry, which is very timely with the Dingle Food Festival coming up at the start of October. Yes, yes, coming up now the 3rd of October to the 5th of October. It uh, brings to mind last year's uh, visit to the Dingle Food Festival where I was lucky enough to go to the Global Village Restaurant um, and covered it then for Food & Wine magazine. Um, it was quite something, one of those sort of evenings out um, well gastronomic evenings out that I won't be forgetting in a hurry that's for sure nine courses um, and wine pairings and amazing amazing atmosphere and lovely staff and it was yeah, definitely an evening to remember When you say nine courses then did everybody have to be there at a certain time or could you book your table for half seven some people booked for half eight what way did it work? No to be fair to them that's a good point because that must be difficult for a kitchen to manage um, especially in a relatively small restaurant like that but no you could set your own time now they did have sittings obviously but um, I think we made an arrangement for about half past eight whereas I know other people were there already when we got there and arrived indeed after us as well So how long does it take to get through nine courses with wine? Well, with us, quite a while. Um, we're definitely fans of the Mediterranean kind of dining. We like to relax and have a conversation and really really enjoy everything as it comes along. There's no Speedy Gonzales in our dining party. With us, it probably took, oh, jeepers, the guts of four hours. Okay. Mm. A happy four hours. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and let's go through then each of the courses that you had. Sure. Well, as I say, it, 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 on this particular instance, because it was part of the Dingle Food Festival, they had a nine-course tasting menu, um, which was very much an opportunity for the business to showcase their cooking and to showcase their ingredients and the provenance of the ingredients. Um, so it was kind of laid out in a way, in a very, very carefully engineered way, so that each course progressed into the next and obviously was interspersed with palate cleansers and all the rest of it. So we began actually um, with a little amusement of fresh crab meat and crab parfait um, which was just delicate gentle light just enough to whet our appetite without filling us up because it was a long a long eight courses to go and there was wine then with each course there was um, we had a selection there was there was sort of um, a comprehensive wine menu but we very much just trusted our server because she was very knowledgeable um, so we went with all her recommendations for each course um, I mean for example our next course was a whole hog terrine plate it was very much a gamey plate of pork and bacon discs with a parsley puree and actually a crispy panko rolled scallop as well which was a nice kind of um, 
refreshing sort of extra to it. Uh, and we partnered that with the 2011 Argentinian Malbec uh, by Finca La Linda, which was lovely. It was lively and spicy and uh, worked well with the gamey flavours of the dish. Portion sizes, people would be quite curious whenever you say tasting menu, people think it's you know, you know, it's bite-sized tasting mm-hmm. portion. It's not very substantial. Obviously, when there's nine courses, that all mounts up. If you were to put mm-hmm. all that food in one plate, you have Absolutely. a very substantial dinner. But at the same time, it's getting the balance. The quantity is very important because nine mm-hmm. courses, if you get too much, it's not a good thing either. Oh, without a doubt. And I mean... This is some of all its parts, this kind of dinner as well. So you have to be able to enjoy each one. You don't want to find by the time you get to the eighth or ninth that you're feeling uncomfortably full. And um, that that means the whole exercise has failed in some way. So so yes, um, it is a balance. I think especially in Ireland, where some people, um, sort of my husband included, many Irish men would kind of look at a plate and think, where's the rest of it? Um, but having said that, you're absolutely right. You have to leave enough room. Um, and I think the balance has struck very, very well with this. Um, the portion were substantial um, but yet delicate. It was more about the arrangement on the plate. It was about the addition of flavours. It was about the, the working of the ingredients together um, and we certainly were very sated without feeling sort of uncomfortable. Um, well, from that we went on to uh, tomato consomme which was actually very welcome because obviously the whole hog terrine was quite um, it's quite meaty, you know, so it was good to sort of like go for something a little bit a little bit cleaner on the palate after that um, and it was just, it was finely balanced. It was, it was delicately salted it was it was a nice tomato consomme something I haven't had in a long time it's quite an old-fashioned dish so you don't see it very regularly um, and that preceded the next course then of monkfish and duck roulette which was quite interesting the pairing of monkfish and duck together uh, it sounds kind of odd on paper all right but uh, on the plate it worked absolutely beautifully I mean the monkfish is quite a, a firm mild tasting fish as it is um, but then the flavoursome duck just worked so well with it um, and it was actually sitting on a little patty of sage and onion polenta uh, with a little bit of, uh, I think it was Granny Smith apple from the kind of tang from it. Um, and it was served with a mussel and lobster sauce. So you can kind of get from that the intricate workings of that dish. There, everything was very carefully thought out. Everything was very carefully matched. Um, some not very obvious in- pairings were taking place on the dish but they worked beautifully which I suppose is is because of the experience that goes into it I mean 16 years um, this restaurant is in business so obviously all 16 years of that experience is going into these dishes you know and what wine did they put with that then and um, that was actually an Austrian Gruner um, Veltliner Smaragd now forgive my pronunciation uh, it'll probably get worse as it goes on um, but it was crisp and it was dry and it worked really really well because it didn't we didn't want anything that would overwhelm those those flavours we wanted something that worked very well with it without uh, diminishing each individual flavour you know and did you really find that the wine each wine went perfectly with each course we did I'm not normally a fan of wine pairings myself um, finding that I can't sort of keep up with um I suppose with the pourings as, as no sooner as a full glass of red poured then the dish has changed and you're expected to drink a, a, a glass of white um, and I find that a bit overwhelming I don't want to constantly alternate red, white, red, white um, nor do I want to drink that much that quickly either but obviously you're dealing with professionals here so it was barely sort of a small drop in the glass enough just to be able to enjoy with your dinner um, or with the particular dish in hand without feeling sort of like there was far too much wine going on you know each worked absolutely beautifully with it yes and the portions size was 
spot on spot of, on. Each of the glasses, you know, the pouring size. Absolutely, yes. Um, again, it's necessary. Nobody wants to see their full glass taken away or nor do you want to have made your way through three glasses by the time you're only on your third course, you know. Uh, that would make for a very short night, I'd imagine. So, um, you know, the portion sizes and also, I suppose, the time frame. What I really liked is that nobody rushed us. Nobody was sort of scooping up dishes. Like, I went as a party of six. Um, so, obviously, different people finish at different times, but... The staff were obviously very, very well trained and waiting for all of us to finish before they took away dishes. So it meant we could really enjoy, linger and move at our own pace. So that was kind of like the fish course, was it? Um, I know there was a bit of duck there. The duck roulette was on the plate, but it was kind of like the fish course. So what came next? Uh, very much meat. Well, pigeon meat. <laughs> it uh, was, well, actually, I beg your pardon, sorry. Initially, bef- between those two, which is probably, um, again, quite smart, they gave us uh, a sorbet in between. So it was dingle vodka and black pepper and cucumber, which was a very interesting mix. Um, but exactly what it says in the tin, it was refreshing. It really cleansed our palate and, and allowed us to sort of start a fresh and it was no harm because um, the pigeon breast was formidable that's for sure. It uh, it was served with the game crisp and a very seductively coloured dark red sherry jus so it was very much an earthy warm heavy dish you know so it was no harm to have started off with a little bit of sorbet I think. We, we stuck with the um, with the Austrian uh, white at that point and kept it really I suppose mainly up to the pigeon and then the pigeon we swapped over went back to one of the reds as well. Okay. So then that was the meat came after that, the pigeon meat came after mm-hmm. that. Okay. As it, which was which was lovely. It's a very tricky dish because it can dry out very quickly and sometimes can be a little bit airing on the on the sort of more I suppose difficult side of gamey I suppose it's not often very refined dish so it has to be cooked very carefully and has to be paired well um, and I mean the sherry jus was perfect because it really meant that um, it added moisture back into the dish and also added colour which is nice you know I'm a very visual person I want to see sort of a abundance of colour on a plate as well and that very much happened with the Global Village And what wine goes with pigeon then? It, we went back to one of the reds um, if I remember correctly it was the Argentinian Malbec we had liked it um, and our server agreed with us that it would work very well so we were happy to continue back with that again. And how many courses are we at now? You've had your amuse dish, <laughs> there was soup, there was pigeon. There, there was, was the monkfish. The, yeah, the fish. Dingle vodka and uh, the cucumber sorbet. Then there was the pigeon. We're now on seven. Okay. <laughs> so that was a tasting plate of apple and blackberries, which was lovely. A really, really nice. Um, it sort of hark back. I mean, you're in Dingle um, in the Kerry Peninsula. It's a beautiful rural area, um, you know, by the Atlantic Ocean. It was lovely just to get some simple, locally sourced fruit on a plate, you know. Um, again, an unadorned plain dish but it worked beautifully um, especially in advance of what was next which was the cheese so it's going to be quite heavy so it's nice to kind of start off with a little bit of acid cutting through that first and what cheese did you have then everything uh, <laughs> there was little that wasn't on the plate and actually in terms of the presentation um, I remember the cheese being especially beautiful it was served on a black slate um, with little tasting glasses of ale would you believe uh, including a blueberry ale which was very very interesting um, then it just a, an absolute variety of, of cheese mainly sourced locally as you'd expect I mean the provenance of the ingredients um, is, is well talked about in, in Global Village and um, it was Kerry blue cheese for example a soft ghost, ghost cheese and um, they were 
served with homemade oat cakes, which was nice. Again, really traditional, kind of harking back to to rural um, Irish ingredients and Irish dishes, you know, um, and served with a tangy chutney as well to lift it. Was there room for anything else after that? Not really, to be honest. Um, we kind of approached coffee and petit four were served, which were beautiful, actually, very, very delicately um, put together and very pretty dishes, actually. Um, I mean, for example, there was a gooey peanut butter fudge and there was a marshmallow nougat and just very interesting, not sort of your, your normal little kind of dollops of chocolate that you get in those. Um, and that really was the absolute maximum we could have possibly fitted. <laughs> we had... I get very upset whenever I have no room for the pity for. Yes, yeah. Um, I, well, the men of the group kind of dug deep and found a little bit of extra room, but um, I could barely manage a taste, to be honest with you. I had a dress on, of course, as well, so that was limiting me. <laughs> well, as you said earlier on, that like your husband can look at the plate and say, where is the rest of it? And my argument to my husband always is, whenever we go out for these tasting menus, that he is considerable taller and bigger than I am. So you can't expect him to be full up on the same amount of food as I would be. Very true. So I always feel I have to share mine with him, even though it's quite modest. So true. So true. Happens in our house too, is that he's called the Labrador. He takes up whatever I haven't finished on the plate. So if anybody is heading down the Dingleway for the the food festival, I'd say it's highly unlikely that they will be able to get a table there, but they are part of the taste trail, so they're mm-hmm. they're worthwhile calling in there for that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a web address for them? We do. Uh, well, I mean, the Dingle Food Festival itself is www.dinglefood.com. Um, and as I say, it's available on, well, the, the festival is on from the 3rd of October to the 5th of October. You can buy tasting trail vouchers. As you say, that can certainly allow you to, to sample some of the food. But, I mean, who's to say they may not be full up yet for the tasting menu in the Dingle Food Festival, so it may well be worth the phone call anyway just to check okay well thanks so much for that Rachel and you will be back next month and you're going to be looking at two nice places in Limerick then mm-hmm, I will indeed yes we shall talk then thanks very much cheers chin chin salut Schleinte. If you weren't hungry before Rachel started talking about that delicious tasting menu, you certainly must be now. I know I am. And I look forward to Rachel's return next month when two Limerick restaurants will be on the review menu. We're staying coastal now and turning our attention to seaweed. This superfood has cropped up a few times in the show, most recently a few weeks ago when Sally McKenna shared some of her extensive knowledge and you might remember that she has a book on the subject called Extreme Greens. Well, a company called Sea of Vitality is based in Dungarvan in County Waterford and their aim is to introduce seaweed into people's daily lives just as Sally recommended. I spoke to them earlier tonight on the phone. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Tom, Sea of Vitality is a relatively new company. Tell me how it came about. Uh, well, Sharon, Sea uh, of Vitality started off approximately two years ago um, at local farmers markets here in Dungarvan, County Waterford. And um, after a few months, we progressed onto um, local stores. And uh, thank God now we're almost nationwide now in health food shops at the moment. And the products, tell us about the products. Well, at the moment we have uh, three products on the market. Um, the first product we have is uh, an Irish wholemeal bread mix. And um, we have two seaweeds, uh, dilisk or dulse seaweed and uh, kelp seaweed. Um, now, the, the, the thing about our uh, wholemeal brown bread mix is that 
uh, we don't use any salt or sugar. We use um, the seaweed instead of salt. So we're trying to encourage people to use more seaweed and to replace their salt with it. Well, that sounds like a very good idea to improve somebody's diet. Absolutely, yeah. Well, seaweed offers an awful lot uh, as regards uh, health benefits for diets, um, as well as the the obvious salt reduction uh, for the seaweed. You also get the benefits of added iodine and vitamins and minerals as well, which are seaweed is, is very abundant in. You have an army background. Andrea has a banking background, isn't that right? That's correct, yeah. It's, I suppose it couldn't be far enough away from food as, as, as come from an army and a, a banking background. Yeah, Rio um, spent uh, a good few years in the Allied Irish Bank in uh, Dublin and Newbridge and I spent uh, all my career in the army and on the Curragh in Kildare. So um, it kind of surprises us at times to find us where we are now considering what the careers we had. So how did you get into it then? It all started with foraging, I believe. It did, yeah. When we both retired, we moved down here to Dungarvan in County Watford. And uh, about two years ago, during the Watford Festival of Food, we attended a seaweed seminar uh, which covered foraging and the uses and benefits of seaweed. And uh, it sort of piqued our interest, and we were very interested in it. So um, armed with this knowledge, um, we have have some lovely... um, coast around West Waterford here so we started foraging ourselves and, and trying to incorporate it into our diet and um, it worked very well um, we were very happy with it but we found it was very labour intensive so we, we we sat down and, and tried to look at an easier way to do it, you know what I mean? And at that time were you just doing it really for yourselves for you to enjoy yourselves at home? Absolutely Sharon, yeah it was, it was uh, just uh, the interest and uh, and we were very intrigued with the benefits, so we wanted to try and incorporate it into our diet. So it was basically for ourselves. And uh, then an opportunity, the new market started here in Dungarvan, and um, we took a chance, and we took a stall at the market, and uh, we started selling uh, breads with seaweed in it and juices and banana breads and coleslaw and you name it, we put seaweed into it and sold it, and it went very well. Now, you make it sound that it was very easy, that you just got up one morning and started to to do that, but I'm sure that's most definitely not the case. Uh, no, no, it wasn't the case. There was uh, um, a lot of fraught moments, I suppose, um, to be uh, to be honest. Um, and I suppose I say fraught was an understatement, but, um, yeah, we uh, it was difficult at times, you know, but... Um, at the back of it all, it was it was a kind of a, a sense of adventure about it, you know. So we really, you know, overall it was enjoyable, you know. You mentioned earlier about it being quite labour intensive. Uh, yes, it can be labour intensive because um, all the seaweed is, is hand harvested. Um, literally, it's um, uh, the guy you go out with your bucket or bag with the scissors and you harvest sustainably. Um, so, again, you know, the, the the whole process can be very, very labour-intensive. And whenever you bring it back to base, then, what's the next step in processing it, if processing is the right word? Well, basically, um, in the beginning, um, what we used to do was hand-harvest ourselves here locally uh, on Clannay Beach, and uh, we'd bring it back, and then um, it, was ba- it was a basic process to dry it and uh, use it in its dried form, and then we found that if we grind it down, it was uh, a little bit more easier to use and more incorporate better into the recipes that we were using, our own recipes. Um, but since we've progressed to uh, putting um, 
our products on the market, we made a conscious decision to source our seaweed in the west of Ireland, which is um, probably the best seaweed in the world. So at the moment, we're actually um, um, sourcing our seaweed off the, the Galway coast in the Iron Islands and in Ishmore. Is somebody over there harvesting it for you and then you take delivery of it? That's correct, yeah. There is, uh, there's a good few harvesters over on the west coast of Ireland and they have a huge knowledge of um, the local seaweeds and how to harvest sustainably. So again, we looked at it um, from a sustainability point of view and made the decision that uh, the west coast had uh, a great abundance of seaweed and that the people over there were hugely experienced in the foraging and harvesting and, and drying of the seaweed. So we approached um, a man called Martin Concannon over on the uh, Inishmore and the Aran Islands, and uh, he uh, processes uh, the seaweed, which is, the process is very simple. It's basically hand-harvested, it's dried, and it's ground down, and he vacuum-packs it and then sends it to us. And do you repackage it then into your Sea of Vitality packaging? We repackage it uh, into our uh, Sea of Vitality, correct, yes, uh, to our specifications, it's ground down, so it makes it very um, easy for the customer to use it. Um, there's no uh, skill required. All that, You could say all the hard work has been done and that the customer then can enjoy the seaweed without all the fuss and bother of rehydrating or, or, or prepping it. It's just a simple process of adding it directly to the recipes. And do you provide customers with advice as to how they can use it and in what dishes they can can use it? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it's a very important part of our um, our business is education. So we do, yes, try to advise our customers on the best way to use it. But we have found um, that it is a very, very versatile ingredient and goes very well with almost anything. And one of the the things that we try to get across to our customers is, is that you don't have to learn anything new in order to enjoy seaweed, that you know you just basically add it to recipes that you already have, and it's just another uh, nutritious addition. And where uh, people normally add salt or anything to their bread baking or to their recipes, that they can replace the salt with the seaweed, and it gives a, a, a greater depth of flavour. But uh, the whole... Um, point of what we do is to make it easy for people to incorporate seaweed into their diet. So those two products um, that you would use in that instance would be the milled dillisk or the ground kelp and both of those won great taste awards recently. They did, they did. Uh, We're very, very excited and uh, thrilled with that. Um, We we put them in. We knew they were a great product uh, without doubt, you know, we put them in and they... um, the judges were very, very complimentary and very um, high in their praise for the the, the mildillisk and the ground kelp, um, saying that they were a very versatile product, they were exciting, that they could see a lot of uses uh, for them and that the, the, the whole taste sensation was, was unique and uh, and very savoursome. So, um, you know, for a, a 100% natural product to, to win a great taste award is it's really it's a it's a huge endorsement for the for seaweed. And tell me, what is the difference between those two products? Well, basically, seaweeds are broken into um, three rough categories. Uh, mainly, you have brown seaweeds, red seaweeds, and green seaweeds. So, uh, kelp, uh, probably one of the most common seaweeds that we have, would be a brown seaweed, and basically very high in iodine. It's a huge, probably the richest source of iodine. Uh, known at the moment um, 
and it contains various other uh, trace elements and vitamins and minerals. Um, Dillisk is, uh, again, it's one of those uh, seaweeds that um, is very, very common in Ireland and would be more or less considered an Irish seaweed, although it does grow in other parts of the world at this latitude, but uh, Ireland especially, it's, it's very uh, common here. And uh, again, a very good source of protein and calcium and iodine as well, but uh, it's a stronger flavour than the um, the kelp. But um, in Ireland, there is a great tradition of using dillisk as a snack or um, in cooking, uh, you know, before we ever came up across it, it was always there. So what we were trying to do is to revive and get more people into using the the dillisk. It's available then throughout the country from health shops, I presume, anywhere else? That's correct, yeah. We're in uh, health shops um, throughout the country and uh, if it's not in the health shop, if anyone just asks, they can can order it. We're also at the moment uh, trialling with SuperValue. We were part of the Food Academy Star Programme um, initiated by SuperValue, Bordbia and the local enterprise offices uh, here in Waterford. So um, at the moment we're stocked in um, SuperValue and BlackRock in Dublin and SuperValue in Waterford, Coffee SuperValue in Waterford. But shortly we'll be um, going to uh, more stores, and namely in, in Limerick we should be in SuperValue in Castle Troy uh, about the 10th of September. Um, so that's very exciting now. Approximately another 11 super values we'll be going into. Well, congratulations on the Great Taste Awards, Tom. And the website address is seaofvitality.ie if anybody wants to, to go on there and see some of the recipes that you've been talking about or even to drop you an email if they're having difficulty sourcing it. Yeah, absolutely, Sharon. We'd welcome and unwelcome comments. And if anyone wants to, our contact details are there to give us a shout. We're we're open and we always love to hear from our customers. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're welcome back to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Tom Jones of Sea of Vitality, a company that makes seaweed products that recently won a great taste award. Rachel Keeley was also here talking about the tasting menu she enjoyed at the Global Village restaurant in Dingle. Still to come tonight, Executive Chef Tom Flavin is in studio to talk about how he and his team recently turned their hands to acting. You don't want to miss this interview. But before that, I feel the need to share some more chats from the Dua Summer Festival and Barbecue. This time it's with the Sizzling Santos from the Jamie Oliver 15 programme. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Santos, tell me a bit about the Brazilian cuisine. What would a typical Brazilian dish be? Yeah, the Brazilian cuisine is a feijoada, the traditional one. So we got muqueca, because Brazil is quite a big country. So every, every part has got your traditional food. Basically, um, Feijoada is the, 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 the one of the stronger one because it's coming from the the Africans when they've been you know in Brazil and 500 years ago when Portugal was Brazil, Brazil was colony from Portugal and got a lot of uh, Africans so it's been very traditional because they use the leftover from the pork and they cook you know with the black beans and they become very, you know one of the best dishes in Brazil. 
Is this something that you would still cook at home? Oh yes, def definitely, because there's a lot of flavor. You know, with all the pork and the smoke, food, you know, uh, uh, meat. Why do we, we cook the black beans and kind of stew? The pork stew in the black beans, that's the, you know, and they cook for long hours, so you can always, and the, the day after cooking, the flavors get much, much better, so that's the one cooking. The home is England now these days. Yes, for 24 years. For 24 yeah. years. You've still got the accent, but like myself, we like yeah. to hang on yeah, to it. always keep it with the tradition, you know, keep it all, the faith. Was it food that brought you to England in the first place? Uh, no, I came to learn English. And then I met, thanks God, I met with good people, like a Jane Rose, because I work in the River Cafe for 10 years. And when I met Jane... You met Jamie Oliver yeah, on the River Cafe before he got famous but the passion for food always been part of our life because mom always make sure we cook well eat well because keep you keep you alive you know and then respect the food is the main thing and then i met jamie and then jamie asked me to come and work with him i said never look back so here for with him for 12 years and whenever you went to work for him what was that in one of his restaurants no, no. I, I work for Jamie different areas. I worked with Jamie in the 15 for eight years. That's when I met John Hallahand. And then John is, you know, there's a part of the the project. And then I work in the barbecue, help open the barbecue restaurant. And then I work with Jamie in the food team to do all the, the TV programs, all the magazines and books. And then opportunity came to be look after the students. And the Jamie Oliver Foundation, and then I applied for it. So I got the position. I've been there for two years, so we've doing, been doing very good. So that's in 15. Yes, it's still in the 15 area. The Jamie Oliver, you know, walls. And it was 15 where John Relihan started out yes, with yes. with Jamie Oliver. You know, I start to know John when I in the second year, and then he been students. Been you know, you see, is is a lot of passion, but kind of. Um, no many friends around him because he come from Ireland, even the English was difficult to understand. So I stick with him because, you know, when you cook, and uh, you don't need to talk much, you don't explain, and you carry on doing that. So that's when we become friends. And then see that, that's what creates all the stuff for the festival, all these amazing things we're doing today. Well, we're chatting here at the moment at the Dua Summer Festival and Barbecue that John Relihan is here. He's the head honcho with all his pals from England, including yourself. Have you had an opportunity to experience any Irish cuisine while you've been here? No, or maybe well, some Irish drinkies? No, the Irish drink is always against. I'm a love against, and uh, the whisk, of course. And uh, But I think uh, the black pudding from this area is completely different. So... Uh, Marian and John's mom and she always cook nice black pudding when they arrive so she know I love it and then you know that's my favorite it's always that even pico in the morning all the stuff you know we've just got in yeah, so I, I love it so what's the highlight being for you this weekend um, I'm a very family guy I'm 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 like to keep my friends so that's me and John and Jamie and then Everyone around me is a friend forever. When I came last year for Dua, I just see, I describe the community as uh, Irish people are happy. There's no one you can see is unhappy. Everyone's nice, everyone's happy, everyone, you know, can enjoy and make friends. So 
that's why I came back this year. I will come back next year again. Well, we look Fantastic. forward to you coming Fantastic. back. Thanks so much for being here. And it was and lovely next to year, talk I'm to sure you. next year will be bigger than this one. Great. For sure. Thanks, Santos. You're welcome. Thank you. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. That was the lovely Santos whenever I was in Dua and Santos actually travelled over to County Kerry last year because John Relihan came home for the gathering and he brought Santos with him and the two of them cooked up their barbecue for a couple of hundred people but this year over 5,000 meals were served which was just incredible and next year you heard Santos he said it's going to be bigger again so as soon as the dates are set I'd put them in in the diary if I was you because it, it was a fantastic weekend I really loved every minute of it. Now, next, it's Chef Tom Flavin, who has embarked on a new career. You heard it here first. He is going to be a movie star. And not only is he going to be a movie star, but he's going to be a very svelte and thin movie star because he has signed up for A Dare to Survive, the 7.5 kilometre military style obstacle course that's on in September, all for a great cause, Cleonis Foundation, which, as we all know, raises money for the families of critically ill children. So he's acting, he is training and he's going to be a very busy boy this weekend because Westfest is on and he's going to be cooking up a storm there. He came in earlier and told me all about it. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Tom, tell us all about this new acting career that you and your team in the Limerick Strand Hotel have. Well, we uh, had an idea. I think Kira Hanley came up with the idea of co- visiting our suppliers and maybe telling people how passionate we are, I suppose, about using local produce and using the local suppliers here in Limerick. And then the idea kind of grew legs and we decided to film it. And we hired a camera crew and we went out to the different farms and it came went from just being me visiting the farms to the whole team and we divided the day into three or four different parts where like everybody in the kitchen got to visit some farm some of the guys visited two some visited three some visited all and we borrowed some white wellies from the um, AIPP in Rakeel and it, it looked the part we were out in uniform in the tunnels out with um, Tony O'Brien in Bally Grand with the Bally salads we spent a couple of hours there but it was great for the guys in the kitchen to see exactly where the salad comes from you know it's only a couple of miles out the road from Limerick and it's absolutely top class produce you know you couldn't you, you wouldn't get the likes of it anywhere in the world are these places that you all you would have visited yourself personally before yes the, I've the been there like I know Donny for years you know when they started in um, Broadford in Springfield I bought salad from him for, for years now you know but it's just great to see them grow and we like we've been supporting them for years even when I was back in Castle Tri Park days we used to buy salad from them but it's lovely especially during the summer to go out there and see exactly what they have they've got so much more than just salads you know they've berries and herbs and absolutely fantastic setup they have now out there and where else did you go we went to Sean Duggan and Croom we buy all of our free range eggs from Sean um, and he has bees as well so he has I think he's got 22 hives of bees so we buy honey from him as well he has I think four houses of hens about 400 hens and 
produces eggs for a lot of supermarkets around West Limerick as well and sells his local honey and it's absolutely fantastic produce he has there. They say don't work with um, children and animals and I'd say you had a, a bit of fun with the chickens aren't they? They weren't doing what you wanted them to do? No they weren't and neither were the bees. We got a few bee stings as well while we were there but it's, it was all for a great cause. It was, it was a super day and it was great for it to get out and see exactly where it all comes from and it's so close to the to the hotel you know it's just it's fantastic to be able to use this project and you went to Caroline Rigney and Kurgius and I, I was did. very interested to hear her say that she makes up her own special meal for the, the pigs there she does yeah her recipe is she gets it from the Dock Road um Roaches feeds in the dock road. She's given them the recipe. They make it specially for her. She goes in every couple of weeks, fills up her tanks with it, and that's what they get. Like they, she does have some vegetables from her own garden that she gives them as well, and beets and uh, turnips and stuff as well. But it's it's fantastic. But like we know Caroline for years as well. We've worked with her really closely for you know probably seven or eight years. Um, buy the sausages from her all the time, pork, bacon. We've done some barbecues out there with her, so the lads would be familiar with that with the farm she has there. So it's great. A few more planned as well, and we're going to bring the waiting staff out as well, just so that they can speak to the the guests about exactly where everything comes from, because we do like take it quite seriously and try and use as much local produce as we can. You didn't th- didn't look like you were taking it very seriously that day. I'd say there was a lot of fun. To oh, be we had. had a great time. We had a great time. You know, it, it, like the, the clip is probably three uh, three minutes and forty seconds, but it, it took over probably 14 hours to film so you can imagine the crack that was being had behind the scenes while all the filming was going on it was great great fun and how many is in your team we have 26 chefs at the moment and about um, 14 or so kitchen porters that's a huge team isn't it it is but it's a huge hotel you know it's a lot you know it's it's going 24 7 there's there's food served 24 hours a day we have the River Restaurant, which is up to 140 people in the restaurants. You have the bar, which caters for a similar amount of people, and the function room doing weddings for up to 450. And then we have a City View suite, anything, weddings from 20 to 110 in the City View, and that could be at any one time. In the video, it looks like you all get on very well, that you... There's a good team spirit there, and I know now that many of you are getting together to do a dare to survive the 7.5 kilometre military style <laughs> obstacle course. How did that all come about? Somebody was twisting my arm to get involved, and uh, after long consideration, we decided, yeah, we'd give it a go, two or three of us again in the beginning. It, was, it started small, and now we have Mary, my wife, has joined us, and she's brought some of her team from the hospital. There's 15 nurses joining Team Strand. We have at the moment 37 doing a dare to survive and we're going to break out into teams of four and just make a little bit of an internal kind of competition of it as well just to make it a little bit more interesting and you're going to raise money for Cleona's foundation we are we have a charity page set up um we've over 500 euro raised already which is fantastic um the website or the 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 link is on the dare to survive um, facebook page so if anybody wants to donate it's be Greatly appreciated. And Cleona's Foundation is uh, a Limerick charity that provides financial assistance to the families of critically ill children. So it's a great charity. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, if you really look into it, it's 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 very worthy cause. 
And have you modified your diet now that you're in training for that? Yes, we've all, we're on a stop eating diet in the Strand. A lot of us are, we train together as well. You know, when we get time in the morning or the afternoon or whatever, there'll be two or three of us will, if you see us running on the streets or struggling or lying on the grass somewhere, panting, that's us training. Um, we've been at it now for probably four weeks. And yeah, we've, some of us have cut out carbs, some of us have cut out goodies, some of us have cut out wine and alcohol, and like me, I've cut them all out. <laughs> Does that affect your humour in the kitchen at all? No, 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 no. In the beginning, you kind of get tired all right towards the end of the day, but it's all for a good cause. And no pain, no gain. And you're going to have a busy September because Westfest is on and you're involved in the taste of Westfest this year. That's right, yeah, we're looking forward to that. There's about, I think, 10 food suppliers coming to the Taste of Westfest. So we have a stall in that and we're going to try and bring um, a little bit of Limerick and the, the Strand Hotel to Newcastle West, promote maybe our wedding wedding showcase. Um, Maria is going to come with us. She's a sales and um, marketing director, one of the sales and marketing directors. And she's going to be talking about um, weddings and what we offer. Um, we're going to bring some of the beef that we serve for the weddings. It cooks for 24 hours, um, slow cooked rib beef, just for people to taste. Um, just to show people that we can do up to 450 people for a wedding in Limerick, and it's not that far from Newcastle West. We've, you know, we've been doing quite a lot of local weddings in the last couple of years, but just for the people who don't really know about us, I suppose just to show them what we got. And that's on the Friday, this Friday in the castle? Yes, it's the Friday and the Saturday. So the Friday night and Saturday night. So we'll be doing both nights. We'll also have some other items like barbecued um, beef and we'll probably have some pizzas as well. We'll be making pizzas, fresh pizza dough and cooking pizzas in a wood-burning oven. And there are other food people there? There are, yeah. There's quite a few. There's, uh, I couldn't list the whole lot of them. Barbecue Joe's, Brendan is going. Um, Ron Forrester is going to be doing the wine. Um, Marguerite's, I think, have a stall there. There's um, Helen Cahill from Cahill's Cheese is going to have a stall there. She's going to be selling some of our chutneys as well with that. Great. So if people want to find out more about, first of all, the Limerick Strand Hotel or Food Story, that's up on YouTube and I would recommend everybody get on and have a look at that. Then the Adair to Survive website page is adairtosurvive.com and obviously then if they go to mycharity.ie and look look for your name, then they can get the details there so that they can sponsor you for that. And then finally, westfest.ie, all the info will be up there. Yep for all the music, all the food and everything that's taking place. So be sure now to let me know whenever your next movie is on and I might make a cameo <laughs> appearance in it. Yeah, RT, we're on to me about reading the news already. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in, Tom. We'll that's talk fun. soon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're welcome back to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. If you're just tuning into the show, you can catch up with us later in the week when we upload it to our podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show. Tonight, I've been talking to a whole host of wonderful guests, including Chef Tom Flavin just before the break. And Tom had details about the culinary side of the Knights of Westfest, which is on this weekend in Newcastle West. Be sure to check out westfest.ie for all the details. And Tom was telling me just after we'd finished chatting that bloomers, cronins, marguerites, 
Himself, Barbecue Joe's, Ron Forrestal, Munchies Waffles, Chocolate Square, Cattle's Cheese, Love Bites, Homemade Wholesome Dishes and Ricky G's Totally Awesome Burgers will all be there serving up food on the Friday and the Saturday night. So I shall see you there. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. If you're in other parts of the country, there's lots happening, as advised by Fulcher Ireland's Helen McDeed last week. A Taste of West Cork is in Skibbereen. The Waterford Harvest Food Festival is on Flavour of Calorgan, Dublin Coffee and Tea Festival and all the details are on discoverireland.ie forward slash food. If you're in the market for a cookery course, Just Cooking has a few interesting ones coming up and they're all reasonably priced at €35. Thursday the 11th of September, Mad for Fish is on. Monday the 15th of September, Afternoon Tea. And Tuesday the 16th of September, Healthy Eating. They're all in the evenings from 7 o'clock until half past nine. Justcooking.ie is the place to go for all the details. And Mark Doe, who runs the Just Cooking Cookery School, has been in touch to say that the 2014-2015 Apprentice Chef is starting up and secondary schools can apply by emailing apprenticechef2014 at gmail.com. Another event that is on is by West Limerick Resources, who are running a composting course. Let's find out a bit more about it from Suzanne Rowley. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Um, as part of the West Limerick Tidy Towns Network, which West Limerick Resources has been running since 2011, we have a number of programmes coming up now for the autumn to support local Tidy Towns groups. Um, the first of these programmes is a community composting course. And the whole idea behind this course is to teach Tidy Towns groups the correct composting methods so that they can compost their own activities and their own material that they're generating through their work, but that they can also teach those in their community to also do this and the homes, the options for developing community composting sites, all the different elements about trying to reduce the amount of waste in the community. Um, I suppose Tidy Towns has very much changed over the last few years. Traditionally, it was very much associated with landscaping and picking up litter, but it's moving more towards the sustainable waste and resource management towards biodiversity. And I suppose that's what we've been concentrating over the last few years with the Tidy Towns groups in West Limerick. So this program will look look at the whole the tree or it's reduce, reuse, recycle. So first of all, look at what causes compost and how can we reduce the amount of waste we're generating in our home through our gardening and through our food. Then it will look at reuse, which is the whole composting idea. Um, I suppose, how what is the correct method to composting, all the different variety of ways you can do it, what are the correct, um, I suppose different materials are going to compost in different ways to learn about this, and then how composting can be used to try and promote your growth in your garden. So the whole, I suppose, the tree life cycle part of composting. Um, and as well as doing the, the whole idea of the composting, we're going to bring the groups to visit a community composting site in Tralee, where we've gone, I suppose, to the next level, where compost is being used to generate ho- heating in homes in um, local authority housing estates in Tralee. So the, the course is running over two nights here in Newcastle West on September 16th and 23rd. It's in, in the evenings from about half seven till 10 o'clock at night. And then our field trip to Trilly is on September 20th, and that's a full-day field trip. Um, we've plenty of places on the classroom sessions, but we do have a limit of 20 places on the field trip to Trilly. So we are encouraging people to register with us as quickly as possible. 
Um, if anyone wants to, they can contact me on 069-79114 or email srowley at wlr.ie. It's completely free of charge. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. That brings us to the end of the show this week. A special thanks to you for tuning in and don't forget that the podcast is on soundcloud.com forward slash food and drink show. There's hyphens between the food and drink. Keep in touch by emailing me or tweeting me. Details coming up shortly. Until next week when Ron returns with wine recommendations for September. Enjoy the nights of Westfest. I know I will. And as always, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!